life like this is what your life like try to live your life right people really know you push your buttons like type right this is like a movie but it's really very lifelike every single night right every single fight right i was looking at the grandma and i don't even like lights i was screaming at my daddy told me it ain't christ-like i was screaming at the referee just like mike looking for a bright light seagull what your life like riding on a white bike hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of the pond it is episode 24 we're almost at 25 guys uh and just in time for christmas we have a very special special guest santa brought you know a little uh gift for you guys early uh let's let's go over and uh say hi to my boy mikey and i'll let him introduce our special guest today what up dudes uh happy to be back another week another episode and we're uh we're happy to invite our good buddy Chris Jaworski onto the pod this week. What up, um, buddy? Ex hockey star, friggin'. I I've heard some stories. How you doing, Chris? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's me, the uh, the high school hockey hero. <laughs> 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 I'm good, boys. How you doing? Can't complain, man. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know. Colton's got some complaints. He um after our fantasy draft last week, he ran um his work draft over the weekend texted me about it was really happy with his oscar oscar clef bomb pickup gonna gonna eat a lot of pucks you know get that block shots category and literally like a day and a half later we hear clef bomb gonna be out the season so uh <laughs> it's a quick a waiver amount. wire early waiver wire pickup for you eh yeah oh the boys the boys in the fucking uh the chat they they gave it to me too they were like oh yeah that was uh <laughs> early move that you're gonna have to burn eh? before the season even started i was like whatever so this one guy yeah. seems like a real dickhead it's, it's gonna be nice to finally beat him you know so, <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i can't imagine buddy pro somebody probably wasted a first round pick on uh kucherov as well yeah where yeah. he, he we'll might be if... on long-term injured reserve now yeah that would be me that would be me who did that <laughs> <laughs> wait have you drafted already <laughs> Um, I actually hopped in just like a couple public leads leagues on ESPN just because I was bored the other day and I want to get a few teams going. Honestly, yeah. I was yeah. just hopping in them until I could get like a fourth or fifth pick so I could get Matthews in one of them, but <laughs> 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 that never happened. I always ended up like uh, closer to the top or maybe at the bottom. It's like, okay, whatever. I ended up with Kucherov in one of them, but yeah, not bad. You can't right? win them all. Well, I mean, as as far as we know right now, it's just Elliot Friedman tweeting pretty much saying that he may be out. Uh, he said long-term, but I'm pretty sure by that he means, like, the season. Is that kind of what the consensus is? or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they know yet. I heard he had some sort of... It's like a hip thing. So he had some sort of injection or, like, small surgery. So it depends on how he responds to that. And then either he'll be playing kind of injured, I guess, or he'll be out... And I guess I don't know how long you have to be out to be on long-term injured reserve, but um, I know they get cap relief if that's the case. So yeah, I, I was just going to say the the main implication that I saw about it was that they're not cap compliant by uh, about one and a half million. Or they have to make there. a move regardless. Yeah. Well, if he's on long-term injured reserve long enough, um, that's going to eat into that like they get cap relief from that so if he misses yeah. he's got an, like a 10 million dollar salary nine million dollar salary it's like nine point four like or something yeah. right so if he misses um if he misses if he misses a decent chunk of the season that's gonna really help them out in terms of cap i mean i don't think it's really gonna help them out in terms of performance i think they'd rather have him playing obviously yeah but, yeah 
yeah i mean that's what i would and and uh we tweeted this out on our uh twitter the other day at podcast underscore pawn if you do not follow um and <laughs> uh, it was essentially like you have to you have to look at i mean the lesser of uh two evils there you got like you got cap relief but at the same time you're losing like uh what he won the heart last year two years ago two, two years ago i think yeah like like yeah. Uh, an absolute superstar winger so i mean tampa maybe like it's going to be tough for tampa to do anything this year anyways but in the division that they are it's going to be that's going to help them out big time because they seem like they're yeah. the fucking boss battle yeah so, yeah, yeah they could I mean, we'll have to get into the the divisions and because that's that's all been announced since our last uh last episode but oh, yeah, first right? just one thing quickly um that we didn't get a chance to talk about last episode is uh Henrik Lundqvist announcing he's going to be out for the season as well um I guess he has some sort of heart condition that I they maybe they they just found um so he's not as far as I know retiring as of yet but is gonna have to get um get more checkups and kind of kind of figure out where he's at there so I think that's like a pretty big loss for Washington especially bringing it like committing to starting a, a young goalie it would have been really good for them to have king henrik is kind of a backup there to to take some pressure off yeah and super rough for the guy like if that's it for him that's such a shitty way to go out yeah i fuck i still like seeing it was either twitter or instagram and seeing caps fans actually pissed off that he had that he has to like not play and i was like <laughs> Are you serious? Like this is a guy's sure health. He's not happy about it either. <laughs> yeah, it's a guy's health, and you're fucking. I can't. Why? Why are you finding this out now? It was like, oh my god, man. Like, yeah. Relax. I feel. I feel awful for him too, just because it was that whole dramatic situation. Like, oh, the, the Rangers don't want him anymore. Like, how could you do this to K King Henrik and and all that? Um, and I, if he if he is gonna be forced into retirement, I mean, I hope he's not. But if if he had known about this, like. A few months earlier, it could have just been like a happy send off from New York, retire, yeah, yeah. um, like good for the fan base, good for him and his family, and good for the organization because it it didn't really blow over super smooth when when they went through the transition. So that that kind of sucks that he had to go through all that, end up with a team where he actually has another chance to 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 take a run and and yeah. not even get to start the season. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know whether there's any validity to this or not, but I know in soccer sometimes players transfer teams, and then when they go to do the medical with the new team, they find, like, an underlying condition or something that they didn't even know about. So it's possible that, like, actually going to Washington, having to undergo all those tests that, as a veteran player, he probably didn't, um, may maybe wasn't going through all the most strenuous things in the, the last few years in New York. So maybe it's possible he got there and, and started kind of working out and that's when it when it came up. Um which would be which would explain why he only found out about it recently, but who knows? As you said, Chris, it would be super shitty if he had to retire like what without having played a game for Washington, but technically not as a one club man, you know? Um would have been nice to be able to send him off as a ranger. Yeah, you know what? And Mike, that's actually a really good point. You think about just because there's no way that he was like he he says, okay, yeah, no, I'm gonna go to a legitimate cup contender for my you know last few seasons. You know, 
and and try to win a cup if i knew that i had a, a heart condition that was going to keep me from playing right like it's not yeah. that's not the way that he wanted this to go down and i feel like a lot of fans especially capitals fans are trying to spin it that way and i feel like it's just brutal like fucking i don't know if covid is turning everybody into like just fucking insensitive pricks but like it, it, it was ridiculous I, I was hard i was like one for every 10 i was reading that was like a nice message like oh get well soon and then nine comments were just like fuck you i was like holy shit like you're screwing us yeah i was like that's, Classic. that's worse than leaf fans <laughs> hey, dude, fans, Chris, I know you've had some fun uh, trolling online recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I've been cooped up at home way too long. Just re <laughs> recently, just finished exams and graduated, so I've got a little too much free time. And uh, I I love I love getting down and dirty in the Instagram comments once in a while. I, I, oh. I, my favorite my favorite is like this guy will have something in his bio like tagged and lives in calgary alberta and he's like oh as a as a toronto fan yeah yeah he, he's he's overrated and i can admit that as a toronto fan and he's got this other guy it's like from long beach california oh, as a toronto fan yeah <laughs> i'm like okay i gotta get in here obviously for you for you guys listening you can't see my entire bedroom is wallpapered with leaves logos oh, yeah, so i've uh i've been tried and true to the white and blue for a little while now and uh, in my young years i can't say we've had too much success but it's uh it's still fun to to toss some jabs back out at the other fan bases once in a while so so <laughs> Chris, a, wait, a, sorry go ahead mike go ahead as a canadians fan i can say that mitch marner is the best player in the nhl <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah i think so yesterday the nhl has been releasing their like top 50 players in the league or whatever the top 100 or top 50 and they do like 10 a week or 10 a day mm -hmm. and marner ends up popping up in, in yesterday's i can't even remember what the ranking was he was either number 30 or number like 20 or something i think it was 20 like i think it was 20 on the dot yeah um i mean i haven't even like looked at the full list it's regardless to the <laughs> regardless of that point i just think it's so funny to get in there so i'm like okay yeah I i'm a diehard bruins fan and marner at 20 is like unbelievable he should be top five like maybe even number one <laughs> i just want to see what <laughs> Toss a line out there, toss some bait and see what I can get. A guy replies, oh, yeah, sure, buddy, sure. I'm like, man, like I said, I love the Habs. And I think Marner <laughs> deserves to be in the top five. Oh, I love it. Yeah, see, it's oh, funny because yeah. with Chris, it's like the situation. He's got the wallpaper all over his room. Like, if you were drafted by the Leafs, a picture would come out with you in your pajamas all tucked up in bed. Like, just... <laughs> and then find Instagram comments as a Habs fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I have a funny story, too, about the room decor. So I used to have a Columbus Blue Jackets flag, like full-size flag hanging like right over my, my, my right shoulder here. And I took that down. <laughs> oh, four or five months ago, whatever, whenever the playoffs or sorry, the play ins were. And, and the reason I had that flag first off was I became a fan because I followed Steve Mason when he was playing for mm -hmm. the Kitchener Rangers here locally in the OHL. Yep. And I loved, I loved him. So when he got drafted to Columbus, I was kind of, I'll, I'll hop on them as, you know, my secondary, my second team. Decent, decent logo back in the day as well. 
oh yeah, yeah it was like sweet. the hornet looks sick mm-hmm. and also to boot their abbreviation is cbj which just happens to be my initials so as like a 10 year old kid i thought that was pretty cool yeah. anyways all good things must come to an end steve mason <laughs> sorry <laughs> bud but you're not going to the hall of fame like i thought you were still stud though and uh that flag had to come down because they hurt me a little bit they hurt yeah. me a little bit back in back in august yeah it's, that's kind of the worst flag to be having especially given that this year everybody thought you know this was going to be the year that they were going to go far and uh well yeah same with yeah well year. i'm interested i'm interested to get your take chris on the on toronto and the canadian division um because i've seen a lot of people saying like it should be theirs they should run away with it um mm. how do you feel i i do feel that they're the best team um in in the division but i would have also argued that they were one of the more skilled teams in previous years i mean their division at the top is stacked just with boston and tampa always always being there but then (laughs) you can't use that argument when montreal and florida are constantly nipping at your heels throughout the regular season (laughs) um so this year i think Looking in fresh slate, I would say they're they're the best team. They should win. I don't think they're like a clear favorite. I would say there's a lot of really good teams, like good playoff teams in that division, but there's not one uh great unreal team like a like a Tampa or even like a Colorado or a Vegas. Someone that like you know for sure is gonna make it at least around and put up a fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like my feeling too is since because of the way the divisional format works in the playoffs this year, um, having one team out of that division getting to the semifinals, what they're going to be called this year, um, it feels to me that there's a couple Canadian teams, the Leafs being one of them, probably Edmonton as well, that like if they get into the playoffs and they get rolling, win a series or two, and then get to those final four, I think they could be a threat. And I think like they're going to be better against those later round teams than they are playing Boston in the first round or Columbus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I, I try to stay neutral when I look at like how they've done in the past. Right. So let's, let's look at the Leafs the past few years. Um, after, after they drafted Matthews, they were like when they drafted Matthews, the worst team in the league. Um, and then they make a wild card playoff spot which was awesome and they're playing washington president's cup winners i think that year so it was like good experience but like obviously nobody expected them to do anything and i think it went six games like that was a really fun uh series to watch i remember watching like four of those games go to overtime i think so that was nice but then uh obviously everyone knows what happens the next two years with boston what what i've always said about that is boston was the better team going into those series um they had the home ice advantage. Uh, the Leafs the first time around, it's like, how many parallels can you draw to the 2013 playoffs? Like, it's a game seven, but I think they said like there's one or two players on that team that were on the team previ- in the previous series. Yeah. So, But that was a bummer. That obviously sucked. And then the next year, same thing happens. And that one was annoying just because we had a chance to put them away. We had a chance to put the Bruins away in game six and game seven. Yeah. And we lost at home in game six go back to TD Garden, game seven, same deal, got a lead, didn't hold it. Um, so then obviously 
the hate's warranted. But then again, we've gone six games with a President's Cup winning team, seven games with Boston, who's unreal, seven games with Boston, who's unreal again. Um, and then the next year, it's like, okay, well, like Columbus is way, a way lesser team, uh, supposedly. I don't know if I necessarily felt that way because I felt, I felt like they were really built to, to play a team like Toronto. They're, they're kind of like Boston. They don't have the high-end scoring that Boston had, but they have the, the game plan, like the, the ability yeah. to shut down big players and take over a game and play it their way. Um, some great coaching, too, from Torts. Yeah. And yeah. that was a, a fun big, series to a watch. Torts is a, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit because Columbus is one of those teams that it's like, maybe they're not going to be that great during the regular season, but you know that... Any team that finds out that they have to go up against Columbus in the playoffs is that's not like you're not excited about that. Like, yeah, no, yeah, so. I thought I thought he should have won the Jack Adams this year. To be honest, yeah, I agree. Yeah, towards like you, you look at their team. Like, tell me another coach like transplant that team, cut and paste it to another city, and like tell me they're gonna do that well and then take. Uh, Tampa Bay to like what <laughs> seven overtimes or whatever it was the next yeah, series holy fuck. And, and really really give them a run like yeah you know, more more of a run than people I think expected honestly even if they win that if they win that game one that series might be completely different too right like Tampa <laughs> I was Bay playing might not be the cup champions I was yeah. playing around at golf and the way that playoff hockey was scheduled then like some of the games were starting like three four in the afternoon and I'm out playing around at golf after work, and I'm like, okay, I'll miss like the Columbus Tampa game, no problem. <laughs> and it's like tied in the third period, and I'm on like hole seven. <laughs> I check again on like hole 14, it's like four OT. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I finish my round, I drive home from Dundee, shower up, go over to my buddy Kurt's place, Curtis Gray. Sorry, not Curtis, I was on the pod, but. I, I head over to his place and it's like the start of the last overtime and I and I walk in for like the last couple minutes before the before the goal. <laughs> I couldn't time. believe it. I was like I would played a whole round of golf <laughs> in the yeah. time it took them to get through the overtimes. Can you imagine hey, you like know, Toronto probably did too? Hmm. Uh, um but but this year, this year specifically for Toronto in the playoffs, it's it's obvious like it's obvious what what we need like, there's no there's no team i think that looks like a columbus necessarily that yeah. or like a boston that is either one clearly better than toronto or two clearly built to beat toronto so mm -hmm. i i think it is as much as the phrase is overused like do or die but it's um I, i'll be an optimistic guy for now but it's it's gotta happen how yeah. fun would a toronto edmonton series be oh i was just about to say yeah <laughs> yeah damn oh yeah um, oh yeah and yeah chris another thing is i know you were a little bit critical of bringing in thornton wayne simmons kind of thinking like these are a lot like kind of more of the same with your jason spezza um and questioning whether you'd be able to afford to kind of have all of those guys in the lineup at the same time given they pro probably don't have the quickest foot speed you know maybe aren't going to be able to keep up with the pace of play um but now with the taxi squads, um, I, that might play really well into Toronto's hand because they'll have those guys that they can bring with the as a like addition to their their starting lineup um, and kind of plug them in um, for for particular games. Whereas other teams, their taxi squads will mostly be AHLers. Yeah. Um... 
I, I I don't I wasn't necessarily critical of them bringing them in. I was more questioning like what the usage is going to be. Like Thornton, um, like love to have him there. I think he's going to be like a really good shield and deflector for like the tougher stretches of the season where he can go handle some media stuff, just bounce some things off that the younger guys maybe don't have to, and then he can come back into the room and and talk some sense uh, into the team when things aren't going well. Because I know he does not have a problem doing that. Um, but yeah, like how many of these guys can you have in the lineup at once? Mm-hmm. Spezza, Thornton, Simmons, is that going to be like a fourth line? Like that's maybe a little suspect in terms of like how the Leafs want to play. And not to say the Leafs are a fast team. So I think there's a pretty big misconception that the Leafs are just this like super fast, um, blitz kind of team where I, I disagree. I think like you watch, they're just an offensively minded team. I think people confuse speed and offense a lot and interchange yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but they are a possession team where like, there's so many times you're watching where you're just like, we're down a couple. We just need to get some pressure on. Nobody's chipping and chasing. Like it's okay. Loop back regroup. Let's keep the puck and, and go in, like keep it on our big gun stick. But so that's why I wonder about the, the play style and like how these guys are going to fit in. I want to see the usage, like when the season starts and with the taxi squad, I think it'll be perfect to be able to bounce some of these guys in and out of the lineup as you need them, but also keep them around the team. Cause that's the most important thing that it's the intangibles of having those guys around the team. You don't necessarily need them on the ice producing, but if, if we can, if we can get that locker room vibe, then that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly Joe Thornton is like the best locker room guy you could have too. Right. So He's an extension. He's an extension of the coaching and and the management. Whatever whatever direction they tell him, like they want, he's obviously going to have his own flavor. But he's he's going to be really good at keeping things locked down in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, friggin', I feel like those guys too. You know, if you have a struggling power play, because they have like an, an obvious top power play, right? But like that second power play, Spezza did a great job on it this past season. Thornton's another guy that, although he's probably not going to put up that many points five on five anymore, you know, you, you, you put him on the power play. He still knows what to do. You know, if he can keep offensive zone pressure, like. Yeah. And yeah, it it is like you said though, like they've got the top power play unit. Like when you look at other teams in the league, uh, like Washington, for example, where they're keeping OVO for like the two minutes. Um, when you've got that clear number one power play, they should be, they should be soaking a majority of those minutes. Um, like whether or not sure it's nice to have Wayne Simmons banging pucks in front of the net um, as <laughs> yeah. our second unit P- PP but we've also got Tavares and I don't think anyone's going to argue that uh, like Wayne Simmons is better at, at yeah. that necessarily than, than Tavares so and, and you go down the lineup of the second unit it's like okay like yeah I like that these guys have these other offerings but at the end of the day <laughs> you bring it back to the salary and everything like we're paying these top guys these huge dollars like they've got to soak all the minutes that they can and produce on them and it's up to them at the end of the day like secondary scoring is awesome but we we really need it from the big guys every single night too so chris in your opinion if if this season doesn't work out in terms of like playoff performance it, it do changes need to be made or do you think that it the same squad needs to to keep going like what what do the leafs need to do in order to make it over this first round hump uh yeah i guess like we gotta wait and see and let the results tell the tale but if you know if it doesn't work out let's say 
I I don't really know. Like, I'm not a GM, obviously, but I I see people. They always like to go after Nylander. Um, I love Nylander, dude. I don't I don't understand that because Nylander, his salary, like, maybe you can make the argument that a few of these guys are paid just like a little too much. Um, maybe they wouldn't have got that with another GM or on another squad, but. I don't think Nylander is drastically overpaid. In fact, I think he's one of the most value contracts, best yeah. value contracts in the forward group. Um, yeah, See, so yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of moving Nylander unless you're getting like a bona fide, like top four D man, which is almost impossible to trade for. Um, Matthews, we're not moving, obviously. I think he's worth, I like, I sound so biased. I think he's worth every penny that he's paid. Um, <laughs> it's hard to argue with. Yeah, though. I agree. I think he does his job. He shows up um, for the most part in the playoffs as well. So Marner, you know, overpaid slightly. I don't think too drastically, but again, how are you going to move him? Tavares, you're not moving him. Um, so it's just like, I don't know what kind of big moves can be made. So I'll leave that to Dubas to figure out yeah. if we need to. But, you know, I'm just hoping we we don't get to that point. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm optimistic that this season can go well, uh, but I will be... I, w- I won't be that blind goat that just follows the follows the road. If if they do lose, I, I'll I'll be looking for some changes. Yeah, I feel like Toronto's at the point now, as you said, they have so little flexibility that like it almost it just needs to come out of their farm system. Like they need to have they need to have a couple hits on their AHLers. Like Nick Robinson, for example, could be great. Um, yeah, they have a, have a couple D men in the system that have gotten some nhl time maybe with the taxi squad this year they get a little bit more time um and if some of those players pan out i feel like that's where you get you know you get three years on an entry-level contract with one of those guys and then that's kind of where you get the value that's where you can mix things up and and those young guys it gives me hope too because even with um marner nylander matthews and then the uh, other young guys that are coming up like Sandine, um, first round pick we just we just had um, out of Russia. He's supposed to be pretty killer. Um, they're all getting a year older, and with that, I think your development, hopefully, some maturity, some skill development too across the board, can really strengthen the team. Um, I mean, the counterpoint to that would be we, we brought in some older guys that aren't getting any better, but uh, those guys aren't expected to play the minutes. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I mean, looking at some other divisions, I mean, they I they kind of had a tough job like reworking the divisions and stuff, but you have to feel like the central is just a complete joke. Um like I mean, I guess you could say they have three-ish competitive teams in Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Carolina. I personally don't think Dallas is going to be great this year. Um, Carolina has yet to prove themselves as a top, top team. Um, and then if you have some kind of maybe in the mix in Florida, Nashville, Columbus, Detroit and Chicago, probably both will suck. Um, so feels like that division, you know, that would be Tampa Bay coming out of that one. Um, whereas the other divisions, they've got some, some real competition just to get like, even if you're just thinking playoffs. It's going to be tough. Like the West, you're going to have Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas. And really, none of the other teams of that division, I think, will even be close. Right. Um, and, and same with the East. You know, you have 
you have like four or five great teams in the Eastern uh, Division with Boston, uh, Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Really, I could see any of those teams coming out of that division. So, um, although at the end of the day, the team representing the divisions at the end of the playoffs um, will probably still be a good, good team. Feels like the road is a lot easier for some teams versus others. Yeah, yeah you know what? I it's, think... it's it's crazy. Sorry to cut you off, Chris. It's um, it's crazy to think that some some divisions right now are actually so like so top heavy that there's there's a couple of teams that are essentially just they're they're the runaway favorites right now and it's hard to argue for anything but that right and you yeah. know it's the way that you know obviously with covid and everything it's the way the direction that we have to go it's just kind of unfortunate that you know we have to get put in these circumstances where we have to make a a drastic change like this um i don't know i think like with maybe i would i would say the canadian division is the only one where there's like you know i don't think it's going to be as predictable as everybody thinks like i think ottawa is going to be a lot better this year than than people think that they're going to be uh mm -hmm. and i also think montreal could could take a massive step this year we could see the top three teams in the canadian be like Edmonton, Toronto, and Montreal. You know, you know, it, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we could even see Winnipeg take as a, like, you know, Winnipeg's kind of always been good, but I mean, we could see them be up there too. It's it's hard to say with the Canadian division, but I feel like with the other ones, it sucks how almost like it seems like in every like I, it, the one with LA and um, the California teams, like most of the teams in that division are in a rebuild right now, like. <laughs> You're essentially yeah. giving the top teams just like a here's a free pass to the playoffs, like Yeah. Well yeah, I mean you have Anaheim, Arizona, LA, Minnesota, and San Jose. Oh who there's they're those teams probably are gonna take one, maybe two games off Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas. Like they, those are such big mismatches. You gotta yeah. feel. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's super important too when it's when it's a shortened season and and you're going to be playing so often when your overall strength of schedule is is that much lower, it almost makes you wonder is, is there going to be like opportunities for load management in the NHL, which I know has never really been that important and hasn't really been used and nobody really wants that, so I don't know if it would come into play, but you got to think Tampa Bay towards like getting close to the playoffs they're going to be locked and loaded as the number one seed there and they're not really going to have too much to want to push for after that when you look at the the easiest one to pick is is the canadian division where it's it's like you said the top three or for more importantly the top four are the ones that are going to make the playoffs it's it's really up for grabs and the the amount of luck or not sorry not luck but your streaks a lot of these teams are streaky teams and if you go on a bad streak at the wrong time and you find yourself in fifth place tough but yeah you and then you look at another division that i think is gonna be leaving some really good teams out of the playoffs is the east Definitely. um like buffalo and new jersey like i know buffalo has been getting better and i know they're bringing in some uh some more guys they got taylor hall but it, to me, it just feels like Buffalo's the team that's like, they're just trying so hard 
and they just keep getting bad bounces and getting put in this division for them is got to be so demoralizing and just looking yeah. at that and knowing that like you guys are on the right trajectory but yet again it's likely going to be like a bottom uh, like a bottom finishing like it's going to be them in new jersey i think do you guys yeah. think that buffalo is yeah. going to be better than any of the other teams in that division I other mean, than new jersey really no not really <laughs> unless like unless something crazy happens and philadelphia or pittsburgh suck um i can't see it man and even the islanders like the islanders were a solid team last year right they they won a couple of rounds in the playoffs oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs this year given the teams that they have to beat out in that division yeah it's it's not going to be easy for any of those teams to to i mean make any sort of push the one thing that i do have to say and I've said it before is that we've seen Buffalo go on these crazy, crazy win streaks where it seems like they're they're kind of just absolute like dominators, whoever they play. Um, yeah. But that being said, they also go on when they win 15 games, they slide for 17. So it's like, you know, in this kind of a season, having those kind of streaky performances is not going to like do well for any teams whatsoever with with the shortened season, obviously. So I don't know. Anything could happen, but uh, it doesn't seem likely, even with Taylor Hall in Buffalo, that anything's going to happen. So, yeah, as yeah, and, and as uh, you said, Chris, they're so close. Like it feels like if they were in the division they were in last year, like they probably are at least close to making playoffs. Well, swap. Let's let's swap them out just for fun. Let's like swap them out with one of the teams from the center and the west. Like, they're, maybe they're oh, not yeah. like definitively a top four team but they're a hundred percent in the conversation, like pushing for that playoff spot. And nobody would be surprised if they got it and that 100%. you put them in the East where they are now. And everyone's going to be surprised if they do make it. So it's yeah. just that much of a difference in strength of divisions. And it's, it, it's a really, I think Buffalo has the toughest bounce out of a lot of these teams because yeah, like you said, like New York Islanders, yeah, they've, they've been working real hard and they've gotten much better and they're legit. They're a legit playoff threat. But Buffalo's just been down in the dumps for so long. And they've been, you can just tell they're trying so hard to get people to come there. And they've been drafting, honestly, pretty, pretty decent. And like, aside from like their top, like obviously they're picking Delhi and obviously they're picking Eichel with those picks. But like outside Mm -hmm. of that, I think they've been drafting fairly decent. And they're just, yeah, just getting stepped on in the worst times. And they're in Buffalo. What I want to say about the taxi squad too, because I think that's important to um, what they're what the NHL is hoping to avoid in terms of hiccups. They're demanding that teams carry three goalies, or if they only carry two, that one is on the taxi squad. And they're saying that it's because it's such a condensed schedule, and it's going to be tough for goalies like playing back to backs and playing three games in four nights. Uh, so you need to have that. I wonder if like this is an easy way for them looking back to last year and seeing David Ayers come in and play <laughs> yeah, in the Carolina-Toronto game because that got, whatever, three, four million views on YouTube. I think I saw it recently. Definitely and it was now. a huge, like, yeah, it was a huge, like, news story and everyone loved it. But at the end of the day, like, everyone loved it because it happened once. And it was a funny yeah. story. Like, he comes in, he's a Leafs, like, employee comes in and plays against the Leafs um, and, and they secure the dub. But that is 
that could have gone so much worse. The Leafs were down big in that game. And if they came back and won that because they didn't have a legit person to, to hop in net, yeah. that would have been bad. Like, this is a professional sports league. They're trying to, like, they want to be in that grouping. I think they are with the big boys, the NBA, the NFL, and the, and the MLB. But that that was something that raised my eyebrow a bit where they're saying like we are ensuring that there's going to be enough goalies every single night there will be no surprises like i don't yeah. think they want that situation happening again yeah no. yeah and it's not like in baseball like sometimes you hear like third baseman pitching in a extra innings game in baseball but like can you imagine pulling someone out of the stands to try and pitch in the mlb like <laughs> oh like oh yeah our, uh, our towel boy our towel boy yeah. played D3 in Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma, and he's coming in to pitch for us. Like, no, the, it's not going to fly. Bat, the dog that goes out to get the bats, like, friggin' Airbud style. <laughs> <laughs> Dress him up. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Chris, Good I know you're, you're on the, the betting a little bit as well. Do you see any That's good right. value? Any good value with some of these outrights for division winners, conference winners? I was saying saying before we started recording, I got uh, the Rangers to win the East, which I guess would be the combined Central and East side of the the playoff bracket at thirteen to one, which I'm really liking. Um, but it's I think now they're as far as I can see they're they're just doing um, outrights for the Cup. Um, and I, I'm seeing some good value there. You have anything anything that you've got your eye on? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not huge into futures betting, uh, j just because, you know, I I've been a student for so long. So like cash flow is pretty important. I'm not really trying to lock up money for for months at a time. So that's why I'm more like a, a daily better. But Fair like enough. looking at futures. um, It's tough, like at first inclining, I, I was like, I kind of felt like Dallas would be a good futures bet, not because I don't think they're going to win, but I think you can hedge against them if they do yeah. well. But then the more I thought about it, the more I talked myself off it. Um, like, I think everything's priced pretty good. If, if I had to take a long shot, if I was looking at a longer shot, I, I kind of like one of the teams in the Canadian division because I think it's you're going to get decent value on most of the teams. And you really can't argue against a lot of them. So, yeah. like well, Vancouver, and you, know, you know, one of them is going to be Final Four, right? That's right. That's right. And I, I don't necessarily think that um, that's a bad, that's a bad spot to look, just because there's going to be a lot of randomness, and uh, it, it depends how you want to bet it, right? Like if you're betting because you're going to ride that and you want them to win, then maybe don't listen to what I'm saying. But if you're <laughs> looking at it like, okay, I can see them winning um, at least a round and put you in a position to just you know, do a little hedging and guarantee yourself a little payout. Then, yeah. then looking at those longer shots in the Canadian division, like Winnipeg or uh, Calgary, even Vancouver. At 30, Calgary at 34 to one, dude, with Jacob Markstrom now, like they could win around. You can take Calgary, Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, all between 34 and like 37 to one. Yeah. And you know that one, you know at least one, if not two, of those teams are gonna have a legit chance to win that division. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking right now at actually, um, like the World Juniors, uh, betting mm -hmm. right now, like the outrights. And man, there's some that are like crazy, 
like obviously there's some that you know that aren't just aren't gonna happen at all like you have austria at 301 times <laughs> so austria to win a game at 300 to one yeah exactly but i mean there's you you could have decent value at like finland that's uh at 11 like you know yeah. what i mean not bad and then yeah. you also got like czech republic at 36 times so yeah that would be pretty good um yeah i mean i, I think it goes so i think tough. it goes down a lot after finland like the czechs have been really bad the last few years yeah um but and i th i don't think the usa is going to be great this season to be perfectly honest yeah. um but like you look at a couple of those like even uh i i really like sweden who's who's hovering depending where you look between 9 and 11 to 1 yeah. um and obviously they have that insane record on uh round robin games going so you at least know they're going to they're going to make it into the the knockout stages um and then kind of depends matchup stuff like that but i feel like they can't they can't keep losing in the quarterfinals or or semifinals with the the caliber of players that they're sending um and maybe I, I i have i just have a feeling about them this year i feel like russia probably they, they're gonna ride their goalie is it um askarov yeah askarov yeah yeah, yeah. He's and you know dirty. that that in a in a short tournament like that that could be huge um but i mean looking at uh looking at some of the teams they're playing i feel like they have the finishing power that's not really going to matter if they're actually just getting dusted so yeah um we'll have to see finland's a good one as well they always send a competitive team um and i mean obviously had to put a little bit down on canada there yeah oh, uh, for sure such heavy favorites like insane what a team oh dude it's almost not like you don't even double your money <laughs> that's that's so ridiculous uh and it is right i guess because handicapping a tournament like like this is very hard because there's so much unknown these kids are so young and anything can happen um i'm i'm excited to see this canadian team play they're supposed to be like the dream team one of the best we've ever had if not the best just because of the circumstances and the talent we were able to bring yeah yeah but that being said you look at the roster and you think okay wow everybody's a first rounder and i think there's more than meets the eye there where in other years, there would be a junior hockey season here in Canada where a majority of these players are going to be brought from the WHL, Q, and the O. So they would have a longer scouting period. Then they'd be able to invite who they feel are the best candidates for the job to the tournament or to the selection camp. But this year, there wasn't that. So who are they inviting? They're just inviting who they think are the best players. And obviously, who you think are the best players are going to be the ones that were drafted in the top first and second rounds. You yeah, trust what so then you get to the decided. Then you get to the selection camp, though. And again, there hasn't been any scouting. So what if, for, just for example, I, I don't really know how all their performances were in the camp, but let's just say Cole Perfetti, high top 10, he's 10th overall pick, right, this past year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's say he doesn't have a great camp. As the coach, are you, are you looking at the third, uh, the third round draft pick guy who's killing it in camp and really busting his ass and thinking like this guy has a shot, he's gonna make the team? Are, are you gonna have the balls to cut the tenth overall pick because he had a yeah. bad camp? Yeah. So that's why I wonder. Like, yeah, we have the on paper the most stacked team, 
how the selection process worked out did we end up with the best team that we could possibly have i don't know Maybe and it's not. because these guys aren't playing and you look at the other countries like the ncaa uh hockey for the most part i think like these guys have got some games in over yeah, in yeah. europe they've got a lot more games in like these guys have all been playing they're all closer to their tournament shape i think than you would expect the canadian players to be and that's yeah. why like on paper it looks so good and i i just yeah i'm nervous but i'm excited it'll be a great it's tournament a to watch like because i i think i was reading think quentin byfield like hasn't played a competitive game in like eight or nine months um so he's he's lining up as their fourth line center right now which second overall pick you would expect to be your first line center maybe second line depending on how things work out with chemistry and such but um you know a guy like that is he going to be able to function at the same level because again the other thing to remember is most of these first round picks are going to be first second liners and a, a lot of it like chris you can probably speak to this more than i can but you know if you're playing on the fourth line and playing five six minutes a night that you're not going to get into the same rhythm than if you're you're playing like every other shift every third shift as the top end guy right so can those guys that are used to those minutes make it work playing less playing getting less time on the ice yeah that's right like it's it's so exaggerated because these guys are all such elite talents they've never had to share their ice time they've yeah. never been asked to take a backseat role they've never been asked to be a four checker rather than the guy who waits in the high slot so how much coaching is going to matter i think is is probably a lot um i know these guys are all really good and they've probably got a solid leadership group you got doc and he's a he's a stud and i think he'll have them ready to play but um yeah that's always been canada's thing is like who are going to be those role players that really carry us through um through the the elimination round like we know we're going to do well enough in the round robin um it's just mm. when when push comes to shove and you're playing better teams for four games straight are you going to have those guys deep in the roster who are going to carry you through to the finals yeah yeah and actually one thing that that i'm i'm so happy about perfetti because that's one thing i feel like canada has struggled with the past couple not last year obviously but in previous years when we kind of took a little bit of a slump there on gold medals um with shootouts having someone like perfetti who's just a a machine in the in the shootout is is so nice just just comforting from a neutral or like from a fan's perspective you know you know if you get to the shootout you have one or two guys that are just money um yeah whereas in past years you we would get to the shootout and it was kind of like okay well shit who's gonna shoot um and there weren't there there wasn't a ton of confidence there whereas like dude i'd be betting on perfetti scoring the shootout nine times out of ten yeah i see where you're coming from and that is a huge point because i i always forget that such an important game can be decided by such a stupid method like the <laughs> yep. shootout can in the, in the world juniors that just and god the olympics too uh, blows my mind but <laughs> it doesn't really make me feel that much better even if we have these guys who are quote-unquote shootout specialists like yeah it helps but like god damn like let's one not get to a shootout let's win before that yeah and yeah. two what are we doing what are we doing here this isn't like the Oktoberfest tournament in Kitchener Waterloo. We need to get <laughs> off the ice so the minor peewee guys can get out there. Like this is a hard. It's supposed to be a hard tournament to win. You guys are all yeah. young. 
They got tons of energy, tons of bite. They're very competitive. Let them play. Let them play some overtime and and win it the way everyone watching and everyone on that ice wants them to win it. Because yeah. I think you could survey all the spectators and all the guys at the tournament, and they're not going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, shootout's probably the right way to finish this off. You know, we just played for... <laughs> We just played. We just played uh, sixty minutes regulation plus whatever overtime. But yeah, let's let one guy and a goalie go at it for the game. Yeah, no, it's dumb. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough. It's, and one thing. Sorry, sorry you go ahead. One, one last thing before we um, somewhat move on a little bit. Uh, it's some of the guys that are like the only guys that are going to be somewhat warmed up are the guys that that are playing college hockey. That's it, right? Like the, I, I know you were saying before the NCAA guys, right? And it's like there are a few guys on the team that are in college, but for the most part, a lot of these guys are playing in the WHL and the OHL and the QMJ, QMJ, <laughs> what is it? Yeah, Quebec no, Minor. Yeah, you hockey. nailed it. Jeez, yeah. Um. I love saying it, but I forget it every time. <laughs> but yeah, it's it sucks because like a lot of these guys, you know that they're good players, but like um apparently uh, apparently Quinton Byfield didn't have a good camp, and it's like like you said, he hasn't played a competitive game in eight to nine months. Like ha having like to kind of shake the rust off. If you have to do that in the round robin, like that's not yeah. really a great a great uh warm up, you know. Like, and and they're losing pre-tournament games, right? Like we were supposed to play Russia right? or not Russia. We were supposed to play Germany. Germany had eight positive tests, so that game got canceled. So we're only getting one pre-tournament game now. Oh. So that even adds to that. Um, and that kind of so, nicely segues. I was, uh, me and Colton were talking um, about like whether how 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 they were going to keep it in terms of what what happens if there are positive tests. Um, how do they kind of change the tournament schedule to, to work around that? And I was saying, you know, like once they're all in the bubble, what are the odds that someone actually like breaks curfew or sneaks out and, you know, has a potential exposure? I, I was thinking, you know, like these kids, they're, they're used to the limelight. They know what's, what's going on. They understand what's at stake. There's no way. But then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, man, like, I've been on teams where we've been playing for pretty pretty high-end trophies and, like, big tournaments. And sometimes, you know, at that age, people just don't give a fuck. Um, and, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, Chris, you've had some experience with that as well, where it's, like, some people are just like that. And it doesn't necessarily impact the way they perform. But if you could, if you're, if you're out potentially contracting COVID, like, that, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I think if you're out, if you're if you're up staying late, um, doing whatever, and you're just not rested or in, in game shape, we'll call it. That's one thing. If you're like out and you get COVID, that's a that's a whole different mess. So like, let's hope that doesn't happen. But then again, like there are Russians showing up to Edmonton, so fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. Um, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be tough. I mean, I can't speak personally to like people getting too whacked up before big games like i played double a growing up most of the time it's all about like just playing for fun and like obviously we take things serious if it's like the finals of a tournament and all that but like the coach isn't like running the top two lines like everyone's getting some playing time and then when i played high school hockey it was like fairly similar mm -hmm. where 
everyone's kind of out there just to have fun but the skill dif- the skill difference between the top couple lines in high school hockey and the bottom couple lines is is pretty it's pretty big so you would be expected to carry more minutes it's in world junior like i said i can't speak to the experience these guys are going to have but i think and i hope for the sake of the tournament that everything goes smooth i'm not saying that nobody's going to test positive for covid but i hope there's no funny business yeah if that makes sense and i mean like that not to not to pass judgment on any country or team in particular but i like i wouldn't be too worried about the the top end teams that are know they're going to be competing for medals right like canada it's such a big deal here these kids know exactly what they're getting into um they'll be they'll be locked in and ready to go but then those teams that are traveling to canada you know that's a huge deal in and of itself they probably aren't going to be meddling um maybe play a quarterfinal game like like a team like the czech republic for example and it's like you know maybe maybe you're taking it a little bit less seriously at times um and then you know if they play a game and then have a positive test then whoever they played against you know there's there's that risk of cross contamination sort of thing. So, um, as you said, hopefully it hopefully it stays stays fine because, I mean, what a shit show that would be. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to see as much hockey as possible. I think that's the yeah. like since since this whole drought that we've had, we need we need more hockey. So I don't even care. I'll I'll watch fucking Austria versus Czech Republic. I don't give a fuck. Like. <laughs> We had a full yeah. full day slate of games. It's gonna be great. Yeah, like I'm. The I most have a week thing, off. I'm gonna be watching every game, buddy. Like, the most important thing is that you get best on best. So, like, yeah. if 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 COVID becomes an issue, like, we'll see. I I just really hope like the top end talent from any of the teams just is able to stay intact because, like, for example. You take the the best two players off of like any of the teams, like that changes the entire tournament. So, yeah, it's 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 a gamble. And then you hear all these things about false positives and like these kids getting just sent home, like heartbreaking. Like, oh, I had yeah. he had a false positive and he tested negative twice the next day, but like it's the rules then, he has to get sent his, home. Like, and his roommate got sent home too. And his roommate, what the. Like, is it a team bonding thing that they have roommates? Like, I know Hockey Canada is not struggling for for money here. They should have put them up in their own rooms. Like, maybe it's like a team bonding thing. I get that. But, like, I think most people (laughs) would have been smart enough to say it would be better to have them isolated in their own rooms. But To be perfectly honest, team bonding is what it is. But sometimes you can just get the shittiest roommate and it's just no <laughs> yeah um dude i remember <laughs> i remember being in a tournament for soccer in i think it was boston and uh at that point it was like u15 we were four to a room um but it was like a pretty big tournament um and we were playing final sunday morning um and me and three guys wake up at probably 3 30 in the morning fire alarms going off and you literally couldn't see your hand in front of your face it was so smoky in our room and the fourth guy in the room buddy over here had decided it was a good idea to see what would happen if you microwaved cheerios for 10 minutes at 3 30 3 30 in the morning the night before finals um had to like evacuate the hotel because it, obviously all the fire alarms were going off 
just an absolute nightmare. And it's like, who the fuck invited this kid? Um, fuck. Obviously, wait, wait, wait. I, I gotta know, like, were these dry Cheerios? Yes. I don't know what's worse, putting dry Cheerios in the microwave or milk and Cheerios in the microwave. <laughs> Dude, it was it was dry Cheerios on a plate, and it came out just like a, a ball of just black. It it, it was unrecognizable. <laughs> wow! I... What did you who expect thought, to happen? Huh? Who who would have thought? Bill Nye over so, here. Hopefully, hopefully, there's no not anybody with uh with IQ that low going to the World Juniors. But yeah, one time uh, I, I had think to that fucking guy popped over the Martin. That was a fucking shit show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you that time I I roomed with Lucas and Peterborough. Dude, go for we would go up to high school hockey tournament every year. Most most guys remember this one. A lot of teams go up. It's like a big tournament, in Peterborough. So we hit the road trip and we're on the way. Cloet, Coach Cloet, he's like, "All right, boys, you and Lucas." So he comes up to Lucas and I. He's like, "You and Lucas are in charge of setting up the rooms, and I want like <laughs> at least one senior kid and at least like one of the grade eleven kids together." So, but do whatever you got to do. So we line it up and. We we put ourselves together, and I think we had, like, Kimmer, like, Eric Kim, and I can't remember who the other one was, like, maybe Bates. It's besides the point, though. So we're in the hotel room first night, and, uh, you know, hopefully mom's not listening at this point, but <laughs> Lucas decides, let's let's fire up let's fire up the bong. Why not? We're, we got the balcony, like, open up. So at this point, I don't even, like, I'm not even smoking at this point. So I'm like, okay, you guys do you. Like, I'll supervise. So they, they hit the togs and it's so cold outside and it's so windy. Everything just comes flying back in the room and it fucking just dank so, so bad. And we're like, well, we also can't leave this thing outside. So we're like trying to like figure out where we can put it in the room. Only place we can find to hide it is under the Bible in between the two beds <laughs> in, in the room. Plus. So fast forward, fast forward. We're like, yo, boys, like low key or high key. It smells bad in here what are we gonna do <laughs> Aris is like oh i'm a vet i got this he <laughs> he goes into the bathroom and fires up the shower full blast he's like i'm just gonna make it so hot and steamy in here like it'll flush out the smell everything will be good so now Chloe's coming around doing his rounds like making sure everyone's in bed ready to go and we think he's just gonna like knock on the door and we're gonna be like yeah shutting her down Chloe. and no he i guess something was bugging his nose a little bit so he comes in <laughs> and he's looking at us and the four of us are in bed i can't remember who i'm with but like lucas and kimmer and the other bed just tucked in i'm tucked in with buddy in our bed and uh he's like yeah boys so what's going on here we're like oh just getting ready for bed quote he's like oh who's having the shower <laughs> and Aris hops Aris hops out of bed he's like oh it's me coach it's me coach I'm going to have a shower he hops out of bed pretending to be tucked in he's wearing jeans and a flannel <laughs> so Chloe is so mad and he like he's like the rules are I gotta send you boys home like I gotta call your parents like gotta come get you to send you home it's the first night we haven't even played a game and he's like I gotta <laughs> I guess cut these guys some slack. He's like, oh, like it smells in here. Like, what's all that about? We're like, oh, it must be blue, like Blueville was down the down the hall. We're like, oh, it must be Blueville, or they must be across the the hall from us. And he goes, uh, the maids room is across the hall from you. Meanwhile, Aris is stripping out of his pants to convince Coach Cloat that he's about to go have a <laughs> two hundred and eighty degree Fahrenheit shower. <laughs> like literally, so much steam in the room, and. Uh, yeah, he, Cole, it's like, okay, I'll be back in 30 minutes. 
like so mad you guys better have this figured out we got it figured out the boys went on to be two and two in the round robin sent home early good tournament <laughs> all together but <laughs> memories you'll have for a lifetime right oh thank yeah that reminds bible. me we uh the, thank god for the bible <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally dude um oh. I, had a, I had a tournament like that where um because we, we played in the states mostly so we were like an hour past the border and our captain of all people turns to turns to buddy sitting beside him on the bus he's like fuck like i think i have weed in my bag and like nobody had noticed we crossed the border enough that like nobody they they didn't search our shit i i guess but so they're like well fuck what are we gonna do like i can't leave my bags can smell like well we'll just smoke it when we get to the hotel so like we get to the hotel everybody checks into their rooms and then the manager would like do rounds just to make sure everyone's set up and whatnot so they're like we'll do it as soon as we get there because we don't have games today like it won't be a problem um we'll just get out of the way and then we'll we'll chill tonight um and so she comes to the door <laughs> and our captain and like co-captain just both they're like fuck like pretend to be asleep and so, <laughs> luckily we had our backup goalie in the room as well who uh, opens the door it was a smooth talker he's like yeah like it, uh, do you smell that like must smell must must have been like the people in the room before or, like the room beside us or something like it's really Louisville bad. Must have been down the hall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's like, "Oh yeah, sure thing, Pete. Sure thing." Um, but oh, dude, I bet there's. I I know Lucas got a couple others like that, uh, border related. Um, uh, yeah. rugby trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we're we're getting up in time, so we probably probably leave it at that for this episode. But uh, we'll have to get you and Luke back on together sometime, Chris, and uh, we'll rip some rip some stories. Oh yeah, there's definitely a few more that that he'll he'll bring up that I haven't even thought about from high school. Yeah. Some good ones. Oh yeah, yeah we'll, dude. We'll we'll have to get him some Apple headphones or something cuz uh <laughs> yeah, last time it was a, a little echoey, but you know, uh cheers to the the guy's absolute beauty. But yeah, when we get you guys both on, it'll be a dope episode. It'll probably be fairly soon too. Um given, you know, uh, we'll have the season start up soon. The World Juniors will be over. You know, it'll be a good time. And then, uh, yeah, fuck. It, it'll be uh, sweet. Yeah. Hopefully soon we'll get out of this fucking quarantine and COVID will be a thing of the past. Maybe a live and, episode. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like I said uh, earlier in the epi, I'm, I'm off school now. I'll finish. So I'm going to take some time, like, just for the winter and pack, pack some of my shit, head up to the cottage. and as we did last year, put together a quick rink. Holy and uh, that's what so I'll be I doing. So I'll be up there, hanging out, watching hockey, playing oh, yeah. hockey. Fuck yeah, dude. Sounds I have like to a come give you a visit. Hey, you're going to have to... I was going to say, I... Sorry, go ahead. I want, the, I want all the boys to come up at some point this winter, but yeah, like, we'll see. whatever works for you guys. Just shoot yeah. me a text. Yeah, hey, we'll when, uh, when we get that, or when you get that rink figured out up there you're gonna have to send us a picture so we can post it on oh, the yeah. pond that's yeah. a little bit of a oh yeah pond, I got, but i got this big plan i want to put a logo in the middle so first oh. first priorities i'm gonna see if i can get a if i can get something printed at like a shop or maybe even order a quick custom one if it's not too expensive like a wee tongue logo damn Ooh, i'm just gonna put Bring the wee tongue logo underneath hell yeah dude bring a hose too so we don't have to carry buckets back and forth <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
Yeah, we're we're leveling up the rink game this time. It's not, it's oh. not going to be a whoop de doo. We got two days to do this. It's going to be I'll, oh, I'll yeah. actually put some solid layers down, and it'll be playable. Yeah, we'll come in prepped this time. Fucking do it. I'm, I'm but good. yeah, boys. Um, thanks thanks so much for coming on, Chris, and uh, for all of you guys listening. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Um, enjoy enjoy the time off um hopefully hopefully wherever you are the weather's not too too bad maybe get some time outside on on your skates on the ice um and yeah as colton mentioned earlier in the episode definitely shoot us a follow on twitter at podcast underscore pond and on instagram at colton can you remember what it is the pond hockey pod hell yeah thank you because i forgot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be one of us is gonna remember at some point right that's all that matters right yeah exactly all right well uh thanks boys coming out for another episode chris thanks again so much and uh yeah guys i i believe we're still gonna record an episode this coming tuesday mike yeah that's planned dude all right sweet sounds good all right we'll see you guys next episode thanks for listening and we'll uh catch you in the next one Really wanna rest so man it's really life like everything in my life arguing with my dad and he said it ain't Christ like man You know it's like Somebody only close to could get you like off your I be on my